Welcome to this edition of the Water Brothers Podcast. My name is Jay Kirshner. I'm the Executive Director of American Water College. This is a continuation of our previous podcast. We're going to pick up in the middle of our conversation about how to become a licensed water operator in Texas. For those that have taken classroom core course training and then taken our online course and worked through in order and and did everything, the flashcards, the visual study aids, the drag and drop definitions, um, the way it's intended to be uh, completed, they have a 100% pass rate. So the proof's in the numbers. You know, Online training really is beneficial in helping people learn this information so that they can use it in the field, use it on their jobs, and use it to pass tests. So it sounds like we have students who want to take shortcuts and just memorize answers to practice questions. And those students don't fare so well, but the, the ones that go through the program and follow the the process that we've laid out for them are the ones that are successful. Um, that's right. You know, it's like grandma used to say, you know, there's never time to do it right, but there's always time to do it over. And, and that's what we see is people get in a hurry. They don't want to take the time to do it right, to learn the information. And they have to make time to do it over, to take their test over and over again. And if they're going to pass, they're going to have to put the time in one way or another. There's no getting around it. So you might as well do it right the first time. Kind of like the the story of the tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady wins the race. That's right. Right. All right. Can you give our listeners some tips that will help them prepare for and ultimately pass their licensing exams? Uh, sure, Jay. Uh, first, while you're preparing for the test, um, I know this sounds self-serving, but the numbers don't lie. You know, they tell the story that online training versus classroom training is going to be far more beneficial. So tip number one, um, I would seek out an online training provider and take that training. Now, the self-serving part, I recommend American Water College, but there are others out there. And like I said earlier, we've seen success on passing exams by students who've uh, taken those other online courses. Now, let, let me go back. Uh, I want to share this story. Um, I was at TSTC, which is the Texas State Technical College, and I was at their testing center, uh, which is where uh, you could go to take a water license exam. I was there with my daughter, uh, who was taking some college-level uh, exams. So I wasn't there for the purpose of water testing, but um, I had to take her and, and sit there while she took the test. Well, while I was sitting there, a lady showed up and she had a uh, basic waterworks manual from another training provider. And she sat down next to me and she, uh, she was there to take her D water license exam. So they called her, she went back and I happened to be there when she came out of her exam. And I asked her, well, how did you do? She said, I didn't pass. And I think she got like a 65 or something on it. And I, you know, I thought, should I say something? Should I not? You know, it's kind of kind of weird. I, I don't even know this person. So I introduced myself to her and told her that I run a training organization that helps operators prepare for and pass their exams. And if she'd like, I could uh, 
give her access to our exam prep course that goes along with the online course that she just took. And uh, she agreed. She said, yeah, anything would be helpful. So um, I got her contact information and we got her set up. Well, she went through our Water D exam prep course and she later, about a week later, she passed her test. Um, she sent me an email and I got it right here. I'm going to read it. It says, thank you very much for letting me use uh, your instruction for my D test. I went through it all and retook my test on Tuesday and passed with flying colors. Thank you. I'll recommend you to others in the future. Okay, so you don't have to take an American Water College uh, core course. Um, but again, without the exam prep, she did fail. With the exam prep, she passed. So getting back to my tips, Jay, sorry for that uh, digression. Number two, if you've taken cl a classroom core course, just understand that you're going to need to put in at least 20 to 40 more hours to internalize that information that's put out in the student manual. Um, and you're probably better off taking an exam prep course. That, that would be my suggestion. Again, I know that sounds self-serving, but it, it's very difficult to pass that test on your own just trying to, you know, use that manual. Um, spaced learning, as we've, we've hammered time and time again, um, that goes without uh, saying, you know, take time each day to learn the material. Don't try to do it all in one sitting. Just, you know, take an hour a day. And, and learn a little bit each day. And probably my biggest thing that I tell people is take the time to understand how to do the water math. You've, you know, some people say, well, there's only six questions or there's only 10 questions out of 75 or whatever it is. You know what? If you don't know how to do the math, those are questions that you're not going to get. So if you understand how to do the math, those are questions you will absolutely get. So take the time and learn how to do the math. And then you want to get plenty of rest the night before the exam. Okay, you don't want to stay up late studying. You want to go into your exam fresh and feeling good, which leads to my last tip before the test. You want to schedule your exam for a time when you're at your best. And what I mean by that is some of us are morning people. Some of us are more active in the afternoon. Well, you need to learn that about yourself. Do you do better in the morning or do you do better in the afternoon? You know, what time of day are you at your peak energy level? That's when you want to try to schedule your exam for. So most exam places will allow you to schedule a morning or an afternoon exam. So know that about yourself and uh, just set yourself up for success by taking that exam when you're at your best. Well, Joe, those are good tips about how to prepare for the test or what to do before the test. Do you have any uh, test-taking strategies on, on what people can do during the test to improve their chances of passing? Sure. Uh, first and foremost, I would highly recommend that you take the computer-based exam. Not because the exams are different. It, it's not. That's not it. But if you take a computer-based exam, it's going to do two things for you. One, I'm assuming you're going to take some sort of online prep training ahead of time. So you'll be practicing the same way you're going to play the game, so to speak. So if you prepare to pass that test on your computer or on your phone, but online, you're preparing the same way that you're going to take the test. Okay, so that's number one. Secondly, 
if for some reason you're not successful your first time taking the test, you get instant feedback on the areas that you did well in and the areas that might have caused you to fail because you get a feedback report. That feedback report is huge in helping you close those knowledge gaps so you can learn what you need to know so that when you go take that test again, you'll be able to pass it. So uh, tip number one uh, at, at the outset, I highly recommend taking the computer-based exam as opposed to the paper-pencil exam. Secondly, don't be in a hurry to get through the test. Take your time, read each question slowly and carefully, and make sure that you fully understand what's being asked. Okay, The, the test writers are going to put little modifying words in the text of the question that's vital to the meaning of the question. And, and if you miss that little modifier, you're sunk. Okay, so you have to read each question carefully. And then once you understand what the question is asking, you need to go through every answer choice and see which answer choices don't directly answer the question, whether because of how they're written, you know, the grammar involved, or it might have terminology that's unrelated to the question. So the answer choices that don't directly answer the question, just eliminate them. Now on a computer, you, you know, you can't, or even in the book, you can't mark them off, but just in your head, eliminate answer choices that cannot be right. And that should lead you to the only answer that's left, which would be the correct answer. Now there's times when you might not be able to eliminate all of them, but at least you've narrowed your answer choices down. So if you, you know, have to take your best guess, uh, you're, you're guessing from just a couple answer choices instead of all five. So once you've arrived at your correct answer, select that answer and move on to the next question and put that question behind you. When, once you're you know, confident, just put that question behind you and move on to the next question and deal with that next question. You, you want to focus on each individual question as they come. Okay. Now, if you're totally stuck on a question and have no idea what the question's asking, go ahead and move on and come back to that. You know, it's possible that you might get a, a reminder as you move through the test of some information that might help you answer that question. So if you have no idea, go ahead and mark it, move on, and come back to it. Now, when you come back to that question, you never want to just take a wild guess. Again, you want to analyze each answer choice individually and then look at them as a whole and, and look to see if, if there's some commonality between those answer choices. You know, there might be uh, three of the answer choices or four of them that kind of group together in a group, but one's kind of an outlier. Well, it, it, it's possible that that outlier, the one that just doesn't belong, might be the answer because, you know, only one of those answer choices can be correct. And if three or four of them are kind of related to each other, you know, it, that kind of tells you that, you know, they can't all be correct. So it, it, in that case where you're, you know, where you are taking a guess, I would go with the one that doesn't belong among the other answer choices. And don't try to outthink the test writer. Okay, don't overthink it. Uh, take, take the questions uh, as they're written. Don't look for hidden meaning. Just answer the questions as they're written and you'll be fine. Well, those are some good tips. Do you have anything uh, for math? Any tips for math, working the math problems? Well, you know I do, Jay. You know, math, uh, I, 
I, I say it all the time, math is important. And when you're doing the math on an exam, you want to pay close attention to the units of the answer choices. And then you also want to look at the units uh, of the given numbers in the problem. Now, the units of the answer choices are kind of, they're going to be your guide that will walk you to the answer. So in doing this, you know, I, I, I teach a five-step approach and that's in our exam prep course, but you want to use that five-step approach to solve this problem. And the units are an integral part of that uh, methodology. So you want to make sure that you use the appropriate units when you plug those numbers into the formula. Okay, the formulas require a certain unit for it to work out. Okay, you can't just plug any numbers, you know, any units in there. You've got to use the units that the formula requires. And then once you've worked the problem, you want to double and triple check your work. Uh, oftentimes, I'll enter numbers on my calculator. And if I do it a second time, I find out that I, I get a different answer. Um, I make mistakes entering the numbers in my calculator all the time. So I tell students that you want to triple check it. You, you do it once, then you do it again, and you're probably going to get a different answer like I do. Do it a third time, and the answer that you got twice, that's probably the answer. So check it again, maybe do it four times, but make sure that you're using your calculator properly and not making an entry error. And once you arrive at your answer, you should find... Uh, what's on your calculator to match one of the answer choices, you can confidently select that answer and move on. Well, well those are some good tips. So that about that about does it then, I, I would say. Don't well, you think, actually, not? actually, Jay, there's something else I want to add here. Um, those are tips for preparing for and then taking the test. But I want to talk about after the test. Um, if you're not successful and you don't pass your test, it's very important. And I want people to hear this. Do not immediately take that test again. Now, I, I've talked to people. I've seen the results. A lot of people, they'll take the test, they'll fail it, and they'll immediately take it again. Or they'll take it in the morning, they'll fail it, they'll go to their car, get lunch, try to study, take it again in the afternoon. Yeah, I, one guy, he, he took it, he got a 58. He immediately retook it and got a 58. And then he took it again that afternoon and got a 56. Well, my question is this, what new information, what have you learned between the two times you took that test that makes you think you're gonna pass it that, that second time? So they only give you four chances before you have to reapply. If you take it and don't pass it, do not take it again. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the instant feedback that they gave you because remember, we're taking the computer-based test. Take the feedback that they gave you. Identify your weak areas. You know, maybe it's in disinfection, or maybe it's in math. Shore up that weak area. Okay. Learn all you can about disinfection if that's what you know caused you the problem, or math, or whatever the subject area is. Learn more. Go deeper in your weak areas, and once you've you know, close that knowledge gap. Once you've learned what you feel you need to know, then schedule your test and go and pass the test. So that's, I just wanted to share that. I've seen it time and time again. People, they go take the test, fail it, take it again. And, you know, two of your four chances are gone. 
And now panic each, each test that you take after that, uh, you're going to have a little more anxiety because you're getting closer and closer to having to reapply. Well, thank you for that information, Joe. That was really great. Uh, in our next podcast, we're going to talk with an operator, a Texas operator who was struggling to get his groundwater bee license. And you'll hear his story and his struggles and how he was ultimately successful in passing that exam. So until next time, I'm Jay. And I'm Joe. And we are the Water Brothers. Talk to you soon.